The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. <laughs> what is good, everybody? Welcome to the Sooner or Later Sports Show. We're going to be diving into a whole bunch of fun stuff from the depth charts. We're going to jump into the last three commitments because this has been a busy week of commitments. And we're going to do our predictions, our highs and lows for this coming season. So if you bet the over, you just lost some money to Vegas. You should have went under because I set y'all up with that trap. But we appreciate y'all pulling up here on the YouTube channel as well as listening wherever podcasts are downloaded and uh, listened to. We got Coop here as usual, and we're going to have some fun today. We should be feeling good. I hope y'all are feeling better this morning than y'all did last night, because I know last night um, I hit the sauce a little harder than I probably should have. So um, recovery day is kicking in. So let's dive right into what's going on. Coop, how you feeling one day afterwards? Oh, oh. Competitive depth. The flex. You got to flex. flex you got to flex. We flex on everybody. <laughs> Guys, How does that I'm feel? not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That's a, that's an arm that hasn't worked out in about two years. <laughs> and it's coming back, baby. He's getting it's back going. to it, it's y'all. Going. He's getting back to it. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, James. I do have the uh, unfair hangover, man. It's, it's definitely uh, feeling good. No kidding. I actually feel great. I feel amazing today. I'm excited about what we're going to dive into because, yeah, we landed the five-star we needed. We've moved up in the rankings in recruiting right now. So we are top 10 on rivals. I believe 24-7 has us top 12. So we're 14 on on three. 14 on on three. So overall, we're moving back up the rankings, and we're not done yet. Actually, we're number 11 on 247 and so just brace yourself more stuff is coming down the line so thank y'all for pulling up good evening to everybody wow sooner cowboy really 605 that that that's just rude man and then of course coop was pretending with y'all that he was in traffic but that's a good question should we expect that we'll talk about that in just a minute let's dive right in to the first topic of discussion which is these three commitments we're going to start off first we had eli bowen and andy bass andy bass had the actual scheduled commitment for first thing thursday morning which was of course great bringing in a athlete like him is always a positive and then eli bowen came out of nowhere and just dropped a graphic i'm just like wait did anybody even know it's funny because no insider i've been able to talk to has said that they they knew that they were just like Nah, we actually expect it. It just kind of, he just decided to do it. And he, it makes me think about like Grant Bricks, because I know Grant Bricks, we're waiting to hear if he's picking us or Nebraska. And the anticipation, he's going to do the exact same thing. It's going to be one of those, just a graphic's going to come out. And you'll be like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> Go, yeah. Somebody won the sweepstakes. And so, Coop, let's start with those first two, of course. Uh, how are you feeling about the Bass pickup as well as the Bowen pickup? I mean, first of all, Bass is – I mean, athlete is a – is exactly what, what he is. Um, the guy's playing quarterback. This is a guy who the moment that we had the opportunity to bring him in – you know, whether it was the PWO route or the scholarship route, obviously with Caden Durham going to LSU so far, um, 
that made it, you know, Hey, listen, we got a spot for you. Um, this is a, you know, this is a guy that, uh, and, and I brought it up. We, uh, we lost the kid out of, uh, Owasso last year, right. To Alabama. Yeah. Um, and that was, and I, his name escapes me right now. So everybody in the chat, you can help me out. Um, but I'll pull him up real quick, but keep going. Um, but yeah, so we lose him last year and he was just that Swiss army knife, kind of what you're seeing with Gavin Freeman, kind of what you've seen with Drake Stoops, except for each, each, each model is better. Right. And uh, so he is a guy who's going to come in. He is going to be a guy that lines up in the backfield a lot. He's going to run that Cole Adams. Cole Adams. Yes, there you go. Thanks, David. Um, but Cole Adams was one that was a slow play. Not really sure. Got in late. And um, again, he, he got the uh, he got the attention from Alabama. And, you know, why why wouldn't you, you pounce on that one? So Andy Bass coming in. Um, you know, he is going to be listed as an athlete. He is going to play a receiver. He's going to do some slot. What's up, PG? Um, he is going to line up in the backfield as a running back. And you know what? Uh, it'll be a pretty sweet deal. Um, and we might see it with Gavin this year running Wildcat. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, imagine you've got Bass out there. You've got Xavier Robinson and Taylor Tatum at some point in the future. Um, and then Jackson Arnold, who is a freak of an athlete, too. And, you know, as a high four five guy, you know, he runs out there. It's not Baker out there. This is a, this is a guy who actually could catch the ball and, and do some stuff. So that's what I feel about Bass. Uh, do you, you, do you want to give your thoughts or do you want me to go to Bowen? Yeah, let me jump in real quick. Uh, well, we'll break it up to on that thought. The, the fun part about Andy Bass is that he really is going to play multiple positions. And so somebody asked the question, first off, yeah, you know, the pigskin shirt. Yeah, it's pigskin season, baby. So I had to rock the shirt because we're in football, baby. Football started yesterday. We got football going on, uh, going into next weekend. So thank you. I appreciate the love on the pigskin shirt. But uh, we, we're in that time of the year, so had to bring out the threads for it. But mm-hmm. Bass is really going to play, like I said, everywhere. And I like the fact that he's coming on as a PWO with his entire scholarship basically paid for by NIL. He doesn't have to worry about paying for school. He's going to be here. And I mean, at some point he goes out because the big thing with Bass is this. Let me pull myself back on that thought. When he was going into camps and stuff, he was one of those players that you had to pay attention to. He he was yeah. forcing everybody to notice what he was doing on the field. He was forcing people to recognize how good he is, how talented he is. And because of that, you didn't see him. You 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 there was no seeing him not you know uh, um, uh, being you can, him being ignored for the most part. That's the best way of saying it. You couldn't overlook him. He kept doing stuff that people were like, oh, there's some talent here. And so that's kind of where those offers came in. And now at this point, we're looking at PWO or, I mean, there's a potential for him to move into a scholarship spot. Like somebody may mention in here, G Freaky. Gavin Freeman got a scholarship recently. Uh, we see that a lot. We see the players come in as a as a preferred walk-on. They prove themselves hardcore. You're like, yeah, we got to throw you on scholarship and take care of you even more. And so... Yeah, we can see that with Bass. I, I think that he's so talented because, like I said, we're going to see him everywhere. And, Coop, you were spot on with him. You'll see him at quarterback. You'll see Jackson Arnold move out to the slot at wide receiver, Taylor Tatum behind him, and you just see something crazy come out of the pocket. you got that capabilities with him because he can throw the ball, but he's just super athletic. He went to the Kansas football camp. He ran a 4 in the 103A championship, he ran like a 10-5-6, and that's how he won uh, state in track. So 
and he's a legitimate 5'11", 200 pounds. Like he is, he, you can see the muscles on the kid. So I already know that he's going to be, he's going to be a monster for us coming forward. So Eli Bowen, that randomly dropping down coop, what jumped out to you on that piece? So same thing with Bass. Uh, you know, he's, um, you know, running the, the low 1100, um, you know, he's got some long distance. He's ran track with a 100, 200 long jump. Um, something that people don't realize is Eli Bowen actually led that team last year that had his brother Peyton on there with interceptions. Um, I believe he had 10. Um, so the guy is, uh, an opportunist when the ball's in the air. Um, you know, he's still got some time to grow. Um, so, you know, with, with, with one of the, uh, Concerns has been about his height, um, but I just want you to know that Eli, it was not a, a package deal. Um, you know, same thing, you know, talking about you know, some of the other guys like, uh, you know, uh, Patterson McDonald. These guys aren't, th these are guys that OU actually went after and went to go get. Uh, and I've said it on the past couple of times. There you go. That's lies. I love it. I've said it in here in the, in the past couple of times we've done pods. We've talked about our defensive back room you cannot just be a guy and show up anymore. You can't. Yeah. You have to be someone. And I know that uh, Justin Denson committed to the Michigan state. And when stone dropped his news, now all of a sudden he's like, ah, this got me thinking. Well, I mean, if you want to be part of this class, I mean, you better go out and ball out and, and prove to these coaches that uh, the, these are, these are absolutely, um, you know, this is a this is an area between safety and defensive back that OU is actually got a a room full of playmakers and guys that are going to be studs that are going to have to fight tooth and nail to get on the field. So yeah, Eli coming in, you know, again um, after uh, Nuneri, after Stone, and some of the other stuff we've doing, you know, just a refreshing like, oh, got another one. I mean, that's great. So um, happy about having Eli in the fold too. Yeah, I think the one thing about Eli is, is is the overshadowing by Peyton because we know Peyton's five-star. He was almost a five-star plus. I think he was like two spots away from being a five-star yeah. plus. And if I'm correct, it was 247. They did not have him at the five-star rating. Everybody else did, though. And so when you see Eli, you're like, okay, he's 5'9". I've had a few people jump in the comments, 5'9 corner, that doesn't sound good. When you go watch the tape, you actually recognize how good he was for Denton Dyer, how good he was out there yeah. as the other corner as a starter, as a sophomore, like he made plays. And then when you see him get those interceptions and start taking them back, you're like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He can move. I was listening to Gabe and uh, Teddy earlier today, and they pointed out, yeah, he – they're like, yeah, I, I was thinking it was going to be – I think it was Gabe who was saying this. He was like, I thought he was going to be okay. You know, you know, of course, you know, he's a Bowen, so, okay, yeah, cool, he'll be good. But when, I wa when he watched the tape, he's like, oh, no, 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 this kid can ball. He can yeah. actually play ball, and he may be one of those players that if he does get a growth spurt, cool. If not, you throw him at safety. He might level some folks because he likes to hit. You like physical players, right? Sometimes you're going to get Bob Sanders, and who would not want a Bob exactly. Sanders on their team, right? Exactly. Y'all know who Bob Sanders is, so if you like a Bob, you go after a Bob, and you want somebody that's going to go out there and hit somebody. That is what you're looking for, and he got some hops. He's pretty athletic, too, so... Of course, those two big wins were great. That We're, of course, stoked about it. I'm going to jump in the comments real quick, and then we're going to jump on the big boy, and then we're going to move on to the big stuff. Uh, Lloyd asked a question about Nigel Smith. Confidence. I'm about a uh, – if I was to put in a crystal ball, I'd put him at like an eight out of the ten that they put yeah. on there. I'm high on Nigel coming here. 
I'm high on him overall as a player because he dude, 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 dude's really, really, really good. And he's yeah. going to be one of those players that uh, we, we may sleep on. Some have slept on. He's, he was like the, the top defensive lineman in Texas, if I'm correct, last year. So I'm kind of curious to how in the heck do you end up just being a four-star and being rated at around 100 spot? That's a little low for me. So I'm sensing we're going to go high. What you think, Coop? Yeah, I mean, it's eight out of ten. And uh, not, not to brag, but I, I believe that uh, Jason and I had Nigel's last – uh, interview right before he yeah. shut it off. And, um, you know, when he was talking, um, and Nigel, I apologize if this gets back to you, but when he was talking, he tried to stay as diplomatic and even keel as possible. And, um, and then he made the comment, uh, you know, well, you know, when I get there with Smitty, it'll be something, something, something. And so, um, again, the zero drama thing, uh, you know, I don't think that we're going to have any Miami or Missouri hopping in. Um, you know, he, he did talk about Penn State. Uh, he was the only guy out of the big uh, set of defensive linemen that we were talking to that was still looking at uh, Penn State. Um, I believe that A&M, you know, is, is pretty close to him. But, it, it, you know, this this feels like uh, we're just we're just waiting the final days. Yeah, I'm wondering if if anybody comes in, I know Ohio State was trying really hard. And Pitt was also, if I'm correct, Aaron Donald was trying to get him to go up there to Pitt. Like, it was a conversation between the two. And Aaron Donald's very high on him. And y'all should know who Aaron Donald is. You know, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion, LA Rams. Yeah. That guy's high on Nigel Smith. So that told me enough about how high I need to be on him. So Gavin was put on scholarship. So we're going to give Andy a year. I agree, Robert. I totally agree. Question about Okoye McKinney, McKinley's com- uh, commitment. McKinley is on September 1st. They're anticipating doing that probably sometime around his first game, which is next Friday. So, well, actually, this Friday coming up. So, in exactly, what, six days, he will have his commitment. We don't know where he's going. They're super quiet. He's very diplomatic, too, about his responses and stuff. Yeah. I've seen him liking a bunch of D- uh, David Stone stuff as of recent, as well as Nigel yeah. Smith stuff. So we don't know. He may join the power line. We don't know. If I was to give a confidence meter on that one, I'm going to go ahead and put that at a four, just because he just don't talk to nobody. And if yeah. I was to go for on Texas, who I think is the other competitor in this one, I'd put them as a four. And then the last team, if I would put in there to go ahead and make it at 100%, i put Ohio State at two. Because we just don't know. That's how much we don't know about him. What are you thinking about uh, um, McKinley? Yeah, same thing. Uh, same thing. Um, Dominic McKinley, this was the, oh, we're really in on him. And it kind of felt like when Hazelwood became an opportunity in, uh, what was it, that 2018 class, 2019 class, whatever that was, you know, when we uh, pulled the three five-star receivers. Um, yep. yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like it is, um, it, it is set yet. I still feel like there's a lot of conversation. I will say this. I know David Stone is not going to swing him to OU. David's own commitment is not going to swing him to OU. But I say this is I think that now he sees that he knows Nigel's coming down the, 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 the line. They're all in group chats together. And so there's an opportunity right there. And, uh, you, you know, we, we've got Bates going out there and, you know, I saw in the chats, uh, with Mike, um, you know, you don't want to be a defensive lineman and get game planned around because again, you're going to school to, to ball out. I mean, if you want a million dollars 
while you're in college and, you know, at the risk of, you know, not being a top five pick that, that is your prerogative as an individual who gets to make this decision. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think that if we can add McKinley to the power line, um, I mean, it, it, as, as a fan, we, you just got to go into this year with a smile on your face. Um, if he does, I just don't want him to go to Texas. I don't want to go face him. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see him on the field either. Uh, Koye, leave, leave, leave around, but a Koye, as far as go to his date real quick. So a Koye has no physical date, but I've heard that he wants to have it done in October. That's the goal. The way it looks, he he's visiting this weekend for the Arkansas state game and he's supposed to go to the OU Tulsa game that was mentioned here in yeah. the comments. So that's the two that I've seen. Um, overall with him, Man, I'm hearing really good things right now. I think he likes Oklahoma a lot. Like, we have changed the perspective that he has viewed on Oklahoma is what some sources have made mention of. And the stuff I've seen floating around the internet is that he likes Oklahoma right now. We're battling yeah. Tennessee, and I do know that Alabama wants him. Like, when yes. he went there and did that camp, I think he was the MVP of their camp. And, yeah, they, they're, they're trying to find their way to get their hands on him. So, Coop. Okoye, let's go ahead and wrap him up too. Yeah, when we talked to, uh, to Ty yesterday, he said Nick Saban personally wants Okoye more than he wants most folks. Um, the OU has done a phenomenal job getting Okoye back in uh, the fold because if Okoye is on Owasso or Jinx, he's a five-star. Uh, he's probably consensus. consensus. If he's on you know, a team like a Denton Geyer or uh, Allen or something like that in Texas, he's a five-star. Um, he is playing at home school, and it looks like he's running a football camp when he's hanging out with his teammates. I mean, it, it just it's not fair. So, um, Okoye, this is going to be a little bit of a long haul. Um, we, you know, having him in this week, having him in, you know, in Tulsa, he can just show up at Tulsa. I mean, that's, that's right here in, in town where he lives. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about late yesterday. We run into a lot of first time quarterbacks next year. And so if there's going to be a ramp up season in the SEC, it, that's it. You need to get a, a name for yourself as the OU defensive line. And I, th I believe that a very, very wise man, um, named Jay something, um, said something yesterday about you catch a couple super senior situations, come back next year with all that freshman talent. Um, guys, the, 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 the arrows pointing up. And if you were a Todd Bates detractor, um, you haven't been paying attention. You need to go somewhere. You need to pay attention <laughs> and you need to really, really, uh, get it, get it back over. Because I mean, Bates is is doing stuff, and I and I mentioned it. Bates didn't have a four or five star defensive tackle uh, his first couple of years at Clemson. Uh, he time. developed a lot of guys. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I I actually was working on a video on that. Never got to get it finished. I had to go run to uh, to a game, and just there was some pieces I need to put together. So I'm working on that. I'll probably work on that tonight and try to put something out, especially probably for the members group. And by the way, Lemon. Sooner Lemon, thanks for becoming a member to the channel. We appreciate it. You can jump sure. in if you want to support the channel. Feel free to. We'd love to have you pull up. Uh, Jacob Sexton, that's, that's the question that Lloyd asked us about Sexton. And that, and then, of course, can he point it out? He will be doing an OV sometime next once he's scheduled. So i got to actually find Seaton. the exact date that he's Seaton. coming. Seaton. Yeah, Jacob Sexton's on the team already. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seaton, you're right. My bad. Thinking of thinking of one player, and you know, you kind of find out you're thinking about the wrong one. Yeah. So yeah, Seton, we're looking at him, and and I know that Stoney's working on him. 
hell, him and, and Jaden uh, Jackson are working Just, on them because, I mean, they're right there. They're right there yeah. with them at IMG. So um, I anticipate us getting, like we mentioned, him, him at the OB, really having that conversation, being like, look, come on and join your boys. We're making yeah. – um, we're making uh, um, IMG. We're, we're trying to make that like our pipeline of players, in which that's AB a great team. place to get a pipeline. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and you know, with what you got going on in Las Vegas already, what you have there, um, the way that Brent Venables is recruiting Kansas City and Missouri, and then just the, you know, Texas. I mean, you, you reach out further and further and further. And, uh, you know, somebody asked us yesterday on the stream about uh, uh, the running back on a modern day. Um, you know, we still are pulling folks from California, too. So uh, OU has doubled down in a lot of areas, but this is still a brand that, um, you know, it, it's hard for Utah to go recruit Maryland, California, Texas, Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma. It, it, teams like that don't do that. So, right. So, yeah, Jordan Seaton looks like boom, 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 looking at his recruiting stuff and see if there's stuff. Yep, OV is scheduled for September 30th, so the end of the month, and he has an OV for South Carolina in November. So what that tells me is he's probably going to be more of a early signing day, no December, in-home visit close. We would close him on an in-home visit. So when we go see him in person, yeah, we would look at that. And then at Monster out in Tampa – What's that? Eddie Pierre Lewis, the the three star out of Tampa Catholic, yeah. the ones that's running like forties and stuff. Like, yeah, he's been trending this direction lately, but I don't think we actually know what his timeline is. I think that's where the problem runs in is we really don't know what his timeline is. Uh, he is a composite uh, consensus four star overall, uh, but he we don't have an actual date for him yet. It looks like. You heard anything, Coop? This, no, uh, yeah. This went from uh, him not being um, super engaged with some of the coaching staff. And uh, once this recruiting class started coming together, all of a sudden he started looking back again. And at one point it was thinking like a South Florida situation. But now his, uh, yeah, his film is, I mean, it, he, he has some stuff to him. So um, if you can add him in there and get him back underneath uh, with Autry, um, you know, potentially Grant Bricks, um, you know, that, that's, that's it. We're, we're, we're adding more to that offensive line. And, um, you know, you may not see him right up front or right soon. But, uh, you know, we also said that about uh, Heath Ozeda and, uh, and, and, and the other kid here from this past year. I mean, both of those guys have impressed the hell out of the coaching staff. And went from projects to like, you know, could be an ore on the two deep. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, what up, whiskey? Just let you know, no news on Winery. You're not going to hear anything about him, and probably till December. Um, the only thing that I've heard is that he's watching. He's watching Oklahoma. We're recruiting him still. He's watching. Yeah. So we probably won't see anything on him, like I said, until December. Around that time, no. then we'll definitely be able to talk about it. But I'd say the first of December when in-home visits happen. We'll talk about them more. If you're if you're a Missouri fan, you don't like. I mean, you, you are in absolute 100% denial. And I encourage you guys don't get too intense with uh, certain chicas on Twitter uh, who are rallying up the uh, you know who are you know trying to diss on Gerald McCoy. Um, it, here's it, the guys. The guy has every opportunity to go buy another set of gloves. He's got gloves that the team gives him. 
He is choosing to wear these gloves. He is choosing to wear the cleats. He is choosing all these things. His interview after the scrimmage, when Trav, you know, Trav and uh, John Hoover and uh, George Stoya were there, I, I left earlier and I'm in a boot because of it. Uh, but um, it, it is 100% um, still on. And if you're thinking what it is, and this is my tinfoil hat, he sits there as a commitment to Missouri while he plays his final year. And then when he makes the decision, he's either staying or he's coming to Oklahoma. Um, but he, I, I fully on see it is you just sit there and play your game and we watch him. And I promise you, if they watch his senior film and they're still extremely enamored with him and they watch him throughout the season, those coaching, that's coaching staff's going to be there. Um, they're going to keep pushing and it would be easier for him to stay committed to Missouri and then flip and then head to Norman. It'd be a lot harder for him to commit to OU and then play, you know, play up there the rest of the, the rest of the year. Yeah. You're not going to, yeah. You're going to hear anything with him until literally afterwards. It's going to be yeah. a while. And yeah, so for the gaslighting is crazy. Hence why I don't even really engage. Yeah. I pointed my statement and I walked away. So we're going to move on to the next stony baby. We got him. We got David Stone. I know y'all was the excited. I was losing my mind last night. We got the Infinity Stone, baby. And he's doing. He's already started working in social media yep. on his people. He's already picked up the phone, made calls. He hitting folks up. He hit Caden Durham up already. He hitting his people up and saying, hey, man, come on, play with me. Let's go play in Oklahoma. Let's go yep. build something special and be etched in, in history and infamy. You're going to have a rock with his name. You're going to have a stone with David's name on it. And all the players he brought with him to Oklahoma, I'm telling you, man, it it would it's going to be a huge deal, and he knows it. So that's why he's working on things. So, uh, Coop, anything to add on the just just the gloriousness of us getting David Stone? Again, you you watch the film. What do we get in David Stone? David Stone, six five, two eighty ish. This guy is one hundred percent. Um, and, and I and I want to say that as McQuistian uh, had a write up, and I looked at it. But here's what you got: is you got a guy who plays defensive tackle like a running back. He knows how to get his body in gaps. He knows how to fit fit holes. And he has a you know when you look at a pitcher, when you look at a pitcher coming out of college and going into the you know the farm systems and everything. You want to find somebody who has an absolute um, bevy of tools, right? The difference between a four-star and a five-star isn't just the size. It's the tools that you have. The difference between a three-star receiver and a four- or five-star receiver is, are, are you fast? Do you run good routes? Do you have great body control? How fluid are your hips? Uh, David Stone, he can get small and he can get big. You can punch him and have him set up and think, I just stonewalled this guy, no pun intended. And then the dude turns sideways, <laughs> slides the gap, and is in your backfield having a party. So um, he will need to come in and put on some LBs. Good luck uh, with uh, that program with Schmitty in the offseason, but I, 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 I fully anticipate by the time we kick off the 24 season, he's going to be approaching that 290 space, and he is a defensive tackle that can play that, and he is strong, and he can do that. Now, at 300 pounds, he becomes all-worldly. I felt the exact same way, Neo. As soon as he picked Oklahoma, I was just like, <sighs> "Now, if I got somebody jumped in the comments, was picking names, like, man, Jay, loosen the corset. It's okay." I'm like, "No, I can actually breathe now. Let me have my moment. 
Let me lose my mind for a moment. I needed to lose my mind. I was at the Red Fox just, whew, I can make it. <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm coming. Y'all don't understand, man. It, that was probably the most stressful thing that all of us dealt with was specifically Stoney. Getting that five-star, yeah. the one, getting him to come back home and building it with, with Bates. Everybody's been questioning Bates without realizing how much work it takes to bring in five. I mean, Bates walked into them bringing five stars at Clemson, and he started making non-five stars into NFL players. It takes time. Like, when Venables got there, it took him three years to bring in his first set of five-star defensive linemen and linebackers. It just took time. Yeah. But, hey, he's already got two in his first two years of full cycle of classes. So, y'all, man, I'd be stoked. We, we, we're, we're coming. So, since we are coming, we're going to go ahead and move on into the big conversation here, which I'm excited about. Let's talk depth charts. All right, Coop. That's kind of the, 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 the intro for you on this. And before we do that, y'all are in here. Hit that like button. We are at 42 likes on over 170 people. Hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, subscribe and join the family. Yeah. Let's go look at these depth charts. And so we're going to start offense and we'll move into defense. We're going to give you, we'll give you the two deep. If you have any ors, go ahead and throw those in there. We'll make it quick. We'll, I'm not going to be long with any of my answers. We're going to move in in and out besides this intro. So let's dive into it first. Quarterback, no question. Dylan Gabriel, Davis and right Bible. behind him, Jackson Arnold right. at number two. There's no or with them. I think Jackson Arnold has solidified number two. Dylan Gabriel, yeah. Jackson Arnold. Objection? No, 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 no objection. And again, please, guys, understand that if Jackson Arnold takes over at Dylan Gabriel, it's because injury or it's because something bad is going on. We want DG to succeed. Arnold will be will be everything. Uh, he is going to be everything that we hear. Um, he is going to play a lot and he is going to play in meaningful football. This isn't 48 to 10 in the you know late fourth quarter that he's coming in. He's going to be coming in early. Yep. I expect packages to being built out for Jackson Arnold. Exactly. So we're not getting a red shirt. He's going to play the entire season. So be prepared for that. Yep. So that, that is, that has been my mind on that one. Let's look at running back. Now let's talk about this on the running back spot. So I dropped two videos yesterday. We talked first week one, week four. And I'm going to reiterate this. The lineup's going to change over the next three weeks. But I think week one running back, Marcus Major and Gavin Salchuk, I think that's going to be your or. And I think behind them will be Tywee Walker or Caleb Hicks. Unless Emeka Megwa is actually healthy. That was the question we've been wondering. I haven't seen any confirmation. But he, I have seen a move. Dude's huge. I'm thinking, no, Marcus Major's taking the first snap at running back. What you got? I fully agree. Um, he has been lighting it up. He's healthy. The The benefit about this is you don't have to rely on Marcus Major this year. He has not been someone who could stay healthy. Um, but I think that he takes the first. I think that he takes the first carry. Yeah. And I think he's going to – I think I, – I agree. And because of that, he'll play week one. And from there, we'll, that will determine what, he, what things look like going into the SMU game. So, healthy. yeah, if he, if he stays healthy and he shows out against Arkansas State, he may get more run in that one. But I think once we get to week four, which is Big 12 play, I think that's when you're going to see more of the solidified actual starters going into the rest of the season. I think Barnes will be back at that point. Right now, this probably just makes no sense to play him since, you know, he came off uh, foot surgery. 
just let him ease his way in. So I'm going to say major with Saul Chuck, as well as we'll see some Tywee Walker making some moves. Wide receivers. This one's the fun one. This is probably going to be the wide receiver and tight end is going to be fun because whomever now I was listening to, uh, to Teddy and Gabe talk about this. And I a hundred percent agree with them on, agree with them on this statement. Whoever starts doesn't really matter except for, for the ceremony on it. Um, it's more so who gets the most snaps. And that's the one thing I could not figure out, but I'm going to say wide receiver wise. I think it's going to be, of course, Jaleel Farouk's your number one. Andrew Anthony is number two. And I think it's going to be Drake Stoops at your slot with your tight end being Austin Stockner. That's your one deep. Your two deep, I think it's going to be behind Jaleel, Nick Anderson, behind um, behind uh, Andrew Anthony, Jaden Gibson. And I think that at your slots, you have Gavin Freeman yep. or LB Buckley Shelton. Coop, what you think? 100% alignment on that one. You got yes. Stoops, Stoops, Farouk, Anthony, Freeman, Anderson, Gibson, Bunkley, Shelton, and Petaway. Um, I think Pet- Petaway does get some game. I think you agree. Yeah. And it, and uh, I also listened to Gabe and Teddy this morning too. And, um, and you know, one of those two guys uh, gave me a lot of help on this. And so, um, yeah, you, you, you've, uh, you've got, eight receivers that you're going to cycle in, but it's going to be targets. What does the targets mm-hmm. look like? Because you, you bet, bet yourself that um, if there's a hot hand, we go with a hot hand. Yep. We're doing game one starters right now, Steven. So that's yep. going to be the focus because it only makes sense to talk about them because we've going to, we're going to see them Saturday, but game four, like I said, it's going to change offensive line. Offensive line feels like it's going to be, I think this one's going to be consistent throughout all about health, of course, but I think it's going to be consistent going forward. Left tackle, you're gonna have uh, Walter Rouse. You got to have Big Rouse the house out there. He's gonna be he's gonna be on the left side. Guard is Savion Bird. Your center is gonna be Andrew Rhyme. Right guard is gonna be McKay Matower. and then right tackle is gonna be Tyler Guyton. The two deeps a little bit more complicated because I think there's gonna be a mixture of players coming in and out. To be absolutely honest, um, because we don't have oh well, Jacob Sexton. Sexton is hurt. He's Getting back healthy, but what the what the reporters have basically said about him is they're protecting him from himself. Like he thinks yeah. he's ready, but they don't want him to rush it because he's that critical of an asset to this team. You don't want him to accidentally hurt himself and not – they want him at 100%. And the good thing is we have the depth to be 100%. You know what's crazy? We talk about competitive depth as our fun game, right? But you know what? We got crazy depth. We got crazy two deep. We've got crazy three deep right now. Something that we have not seen in a while. Probably since like 17, probably as far as the three deep. Yeah. We've got a lot yeah. of players that can play. And so the stress that we would traditionally have on trying to figure out who's going to play what, it's not really there because when I go to the two deep, we're talking, I think Jake Taylor's going to, I actually think Caden Green's going to be working on the left side because I think he's going to end up being the starting left tackle to protect Jackson Arnold. Troy Everett's going to be next to him at the left guard center. I think Joshua Bates gets it first, and Nate Anderson maybe works his way in. Caleb Schaefer gets the right guard behind the tower, and then right tackle's going to be Jake Taylor. And I think Sexton's going to work into one of those spots. I think he works in with Taylor. What you got on your two, on your offensive line? Yeah, I think that the uh, the first line is dead exactly how you said it. The second line is where it gets interesting because 
we're not talking about who runs in when time's up. I, what I, what we see is we're going to see guys like Jake Taylor, um, Schaefer, Everett, Caden Green. If somebody needs a breather, it, it becomes positionless football at that point. Now, I don't That's think Caden Green is going to be coming in at right guard, but you know, if if uh, either Rouse or uh, Guyton, you know, tweaks something or has to come off for a helmet situation, you're going to see. Um, Caden Green come in. Um, you may see, and, and don't don't forget about Aaron Parks too. Aaron Parks actually held his own pretty well in the uh, in the bowl game, and I think he's got a little bit of a gamer to him. Um, and plus, they're going to want to keep him around because uh, you know they don't want him leaving. Um, if you see like an Everett or a Taylor or a Schaefer, those guys can fill in. And you know Bates, I think that he's got some um, he's got some uh, some he's got a future. He has a future. Uh, he may not be there yet, but I expect Everett Taylor and Schaefer to be positionless for those three interior spots of center and left guard and right guard. Um, 100%. And yeah, I'll, I'll cracker Savion bird. Do you remember who, who was it that went up to, was it Matt liner and said, you stole our boys trophy. Was it Larry Birdine that did that in the national championship game against, uh, USC. Um, I, you know, I hear or Ashton Sanders last year saying like, I, this is the goal lines behind me. You are not making it past me. Savion bird. Exactly the same thing. What's up Bishop. Um, but you, this guy has a killer mentality and he's ready to rock. And I think that this offensive line has the capability of being better than any offensive line since the Joe Moore award season. Yeah. This, the I've been, everybody's been buying the stock on this line Torrance, yeah. being, being the uh, Joe Moore, like that good old, old uh, to, uh, 2018 line that Joe Moore yeah. with it, that everybody's buying into the stock right now. And so I'm, I'm sucking on the hopium. I'm still, of course, being cautiously optimistic, though. I do think that we can be really good because we're deep, but I'm still, of course, a little, you know, a little nervous on it. Uh, what up, Cisco? Monty, always pulling up. Appreciate you always showing love. You always killing it on the uh, on the on the bird app, man, or whatever the hell it's called nowadays. But still, the bird app for me. But he's coming along great. They're just protecting yep. him from himself. They're not gonna allow him to go out there immediately because yep. they know that he's gonna go out there at one hundred ten percent. They need to make sure that he's as close to one hundred percent as possible before they really play him. And so I don't anticipate seeing a lot of him early, but. Late mid season, October, November, knock on wood. We don't have a lot of injuries, but there's always something that comes up. He'll probably play more around that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was Torrance Marshall. And then, of course, Cody Ford Feisty is what we're going to get out of yeah. our boy, uh, uh, Savion Bird, which I'm excited. Tight end, wrapping up with tight end real quick. I said Austin Stogner's a starter. This is going to be interesting, and I say that because I don't think we have a solidified two, three, or four. I think it's going to be a nothing but oars because there's nerves going behind that. Llewellyn, if I'm correct, is still a little banged up. Helm is a little yeah. banged up. We don't really know. Caden McIntyre, I mean, he could play linebacker or tight end. I think he's a tight end in the tight end room right now. I think the determining factor on him is just how ready is he to go play today. So... You got Josh Fanuel, the former basketball player, in which I think he's going to get a little bit more burn because of his athleticism at the catching part. And I think Blake Smith comes in more so as your blocker, to be yeah. quite honest. But Blake looked good in the spring game catching the ball with that club. He made me turn my head and say, okay, if you can do that, I've got faith in you. So, cool, tight end-wise. I think it's going to be a very interesting one because of how much moving around, how many moving parts we're going to have going at that point. 
Well, I mean, uh, Levy likes running that 11 personnel, those two tight ends. Um, yeah. That is a piece of his game that he wants to work. So, yeah, you're going to see Stogner and Smith. Um, and Braden Willis just meant so much for this team last year. But I, I really truly think that the hungry playmakers that we did not have, uh, there you go, um, the uh, the hungry playmakers we we did not have last year on offense that 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 brought the need for uh, Willis to have a, a, a bigger role in the team and um, so yeah you're going to see Helms you're going to see Fanuel um, I think that he is a guy that needs to learn the non aspects uh, you know the non catching aspects I mean he's he's uh, he looks like Antonio Gates he's a big dude he's got he's athletic. But I mean, the guy's just learning the position, and it's hard to learn the position even when you're at the University of Oklahoma. Um, so, uh, if you've seen any D- Devon Mitchell highlights from this past week, um, you know you wish that guy could have reclassified to 2023 uh, because oh I think he could come on the field right now and, and play. And so he will next year. Um, he needs he needs to work on the physicality aspect of it. But as far as the the, um, you know, Mark Andrews going out for passes and stuff like that, Joe John Finley back in the day, uh, Devon Mitchell is going to be phenomenal. So you just hope in this tight end room that we make it through the season. Um, you hope that, um, you know, you get as much out of Stogner as you can. I think he is more of a uh, hey chicken. It's a it's, it's it was an ingrown hair that I pulled. And uh, now I got a little uh, little issue. Uh, your mama wasn't here last night. Um, so anyway, <laughs> y'all stop, 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 stop. Um, but funny anyway, but yeah. so, so yeah, uh, you know, Stogner, more of a red zone guy, more of a, you just got to have that, that it needs to be, um, uh, you just need to have him, um, stay healthy. Agreed. Agreed. All right. That's the offense. Hop in the comments. Let your boy know what y'all think. Anybody crazy? Who do y'all think is going to play? Do y'all feel like we, we're missing anybody? I've seen some names populate in here. Brennan Thompson will definitely contribute when he's healthy. If I'm correct, he has an ankle injury, and we probably won't see him until next, late next month. We probably won't see him to Big 12 play just because of health. I do think Petaway is going to play, though. I, have, I definitely think that we're going to see some Petaway. So just keep your eyes open for him as well. So let's go ahead and move on into the uh, defense. Now, this was probably the most fun for me putting this together because defensively, yeah, our two deep, man, I don't think y'all understand. That that, the two deep on defense is stupid. And it was hard to really decide who's going to play. And just as Teddy and Gay mentioned, who starts is more going to be ceremonial. That don't mean they're going to get the most snaps. The snaps is going to be the most critical part in understanding who's really going to play long-term. And yeah. it won't even, they may not even change up the starters that much. It may be literally just snap count and a lot of situational stuff. So just because we named somebody to starter day one does not mean it's going to be that way when it comes to the actual rest of the season. Like it's not going to be an all-season thing. It's going to be a lot of situational changes based on who we're playing. But coming into it, actually, I'll say this before we move into it. Not to get too long-winded, but the Texas lineup will be the most intriguing depth chart of all of them this season. That's the one that tells me who they really think are the best players. That's the one that they, that tells me who BV and Stav looked at, Lebby, all of them look at them and say, all right, we need to put our best foot forward to go take out our opponent on this neutral field. 
when we look at the Texas Oklahoma one, I, and good thing is we'll have a month. Once we get to the last week of the season, we're going to go through and talk about, okay, this is what we're looking like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is going to be the one that we're going to be like, okay, this is, this is what things look like. This is what, this is who's going to play the most. These are the most critical players. It's going to be that game barring injury. So defense, we'll start on the line edges. I think our edges are going to be Bothroyd as well as Ethan Downs. Keep it simple. What do you think, Coop? Got it. I think it's how it starts out. Agree. Perfect. Perfect. So our three technique and our zero technique, the nose as well as the uh, defensive tackle out there. I think Lualu gets that spot. I think he's going to run that defensive tackle spot, the three technique. And our nose, the big guy that will be over the center whenever we really go into a 3-4 setup, I think Dejon Terry takes it week one. What you got? Yep. Uh, uh, Bothroyd, okay. Terry, Lualu, and Downs. And – uh, you, you've got the competitive depth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to say it again, but um, it, it's you're going to have guys who are helmets on right up there. Friday. <laughs> um, I love you, Friday, man. Yeah. I appreciate that you love watching just everybody. You, 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 yeah, I'd love it, dude. Oh, he's so dope. But yeah, so, I, I don't think. But anyway. I, I don't think that you have a lot who go to the Big Twelve media days, and uh, and you know it, it, that's become you know quite repetitive across uh, across the the scene. Is you don't have him go to Big Twelve media days if you don't have big plans for him, and that is a. I mean, just think of the batted passes between Bothroyd Lalau. Uh, you know, it's just silly. It's just silly the amount of height and um, that you see the size starting to play off, uh, you know, be a bigger piece. But yeah, those those are your starting four. Yeah. And so don't be shocked here, though, as I'm talking about the two deep here. I'm thinking at the behind Bothroyd, you'll see Grimes. You'll see the three technique backup is going to be either Grayson Halton or Jordan Kelly. I think we'll see more Jordan Kelly than Halton, but I do think Halton's Mm going to get those snaps. So, Hank, you're right. He's going to need that for future growth, but I think he's going to see it. And I said it in my video. If you go back and watch it, I explain. I really do see. I see Grayson Halton taking that three technique spot by the time we get to the Big 12 play. I'm just saying he's been working his butt off, and he's looking good. So there's a good chance he can. Um, also at the at the at the nose, I think it's gonna be Isaiah Coe. Now, that one was a tough one for me because honestly, if I if I go with the zero technique, I would probably put that a or with Dejon Terry as well as Isaiah Coe. It appears yeah. that both of them have been working their butt so much that there's a chance that one of the two could start, but it's gonna be a lot of rotation between the two to keep them fresh. And I think at that other side behind Ethan Downs, it's either going to be Trace Ford or R. Mason Thomas. I think that they both will be the ones running the five over there on the weak side. Coop? Yep, yeah, that. So Kelly and Co. come in um, on, on the two deep up the middle. Um, but you do have Grayson Halton and Gilliam, um, who are guys who are going to, and I believe Bishop said it. Uh, so I, I circled both of them on here. Uh, Downs is going to come in and he's going to have his opportunity to, to, to make that, uh, Trace Ford is going to be one that the coaching staff is going to have to show an amazing amount of restraint when he's on the field and making plays because we want him in the big time. So we want, you know, we want to be able to throw out those guys, um, you know, when it really, really matters. And so you may not see a lot of Trace Ford, 
uh, coming in and spending a lot of snaps in these first five games. I think that he will have his opportunities uh, to go in there. But, you know, you also got to throw in, like, you still have to prep up P.J. Uh, P.J. is going to have to be coming in, too. And so uh, expect to see a lot more P.J., uh, a lot more Grayson Halton, Kevin Gilliam. Uh, those guys are going to have to, uh, you know, once once it looks like that 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 starting, you know, six has really put their uh, put their hands on the in the game. And yeah, and Robert, I, I I'd say Marcus Stripling, he always gets forgotten too. Um, it, this is the year. He's a and sleeper. Do, you, do these because these guys? I mean, a guy like Marcus Stripling, uh, you can't look at what's coming in, um, in in this freshman class and think like, well, I'm going to have a better opportunity next year. Um, Stripling has an opportunity to do that because he's got some uh, movability. He can stand up and play the outside linebacker spot too. So don't think that. Um, and our Mason Thomas is I mean, again. He's my or. He's taken. my or. He's my yeah. or with behind with with Trace Four behind Ethan Downs. That's that's just yeah. just personal opinion and thought. I don't. I and and honestly, I would like to see an R. Mason Thomas PJ Adebayo lineup. At one point, yeah. I think we'll see that late in games. But as far as starting rush. goes, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, oh my god, this speed rush would be stupid. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah he's and and BV did mention that we need to play some of the youth more. So I anticipate we're going to play see them more. So that's the reason why I anticipate seeing some Grayson Halton. I anticipate seeing some R Mason Thomas as well as PJ mixing in. But you want to you want to keep those veterans out there and go dominate, especially if they can pick up they pick up the defense the fastest. You want to do that. So. Okay, Cheetah Row. Now I had this initially as an or, but I think that it's going to be Justin Harrington to start and and Desai McCullough is number two. I've actually kind of leaned off of that. I've leaned off of my or, and I only say that because, well, of course, McCullough is going to be a lot more situational, but I think it's more so him just learning the defense inside out. But I say by week four, Desai McCullough is your starter. Um, I think it's a true situational, uh, deal. Um, you, Justin Harrington knows the position much, much better. Now, everybody, I'm going to bring back a name from the past. Chijoke on Yenigetcha. And if you have oh, not wow. been a Sooner fan for a long time, we waited for Chijoke on Yenigetcha to be that he was a five star, six foot one, 220, ran a four, three, um, came in and he, it was, this is the next everything defensive back. And we saw flashes, but we never saw that package. Um, this is it for Justin Harrington. This is absolutely it. And I think he knows this is absolutely it. So if you, uh, if you, you need to Samacola to understand the coverage stuff because up around the line, we saw it in the spring game. The guy's a freak of nature. Uh, he was, you know, the, he was a freshman, you know, all American, you know, freshman, uh, was it freshman, all big 10 last year. And, but this guy has not ever played with expectations in that whole entire year, zero expectations. And you look at Daya, his brother, his brother looks like freaking nature too. Like he, I was, I was tampering around with my safety stuff on, on an oar for him because I mean, he is, he is humongous also. So, uh, but Harrington, I think is going to be the, 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 the keys are given over to him. It is absolutely his time. His, 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 uh, you know, measurables are, are freakish. Now let's put the mentality to it. Yep. That's all you gotta do. We just need you to go out there and actually produce. You produce, ain't nobody gonna say nothing. Like there's no, 
There's no complaint. Yep. There's no pushback whatsoever on that one. So, and I think when you go behind McCullough, you're going to see Pearson and Bowen. And I think Bowen's actually going to probably be Bowen. right there with McCullough. And once yep. McCullough, once with McCullough, it'll be McCullough or Bowen. Once you get to week four, I think it'll be Harrington or Bowen because Bowen's got to get on the field. They're going to find as many ways as possible to put that man on the field just because he's that good. And how don't y'all miss having players that are so good that you ain't got no choice but to put them on the field? Oh, man, I miss yeah. those days. I and love it. Look, look at Robert. So, yeah, don't be surprised if McCullough drops down an edge at times. And I, and I told you about this is imagine the world where you've got – your, your, your bookend corners, they're taking it. You've got your safeties on. You've got the linebacker set. Think about a, a world where you can come down and bring Desan McCullough down on the edge and Jonathan Lalau is up in the middle. And then Lalu has the opportunity to drop back in coverage on a slant or something like that. How would you like to be a slot receiver running at a 6'6", 300-pound uh, defensive tackle who just dropped back into coverage because of his time at outside linebacker last year? Um the, the multiple capabilities of this team is is amazing. And, and Brent Brent will still not be able to facilitate his full desire for defense this year, even if this team makes a massive jump. But I promise you this, this defense in the bowl game is going to show some stuff that we won't see all year because at that point we were going to have all kinds of crazy uh, experience and you're going to see playmakers like our Mason Thomas and PJ Adeboare and Peyton Bowen and Desan McCullough take over and say, you know what, going into next year, we're the leaders. Yep. Perfect. Moving on into linebacker. And if someone asked the beautiful question that, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Monty. That was a big one. A chance to be a superstar. See, told y'all somebody. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. BBC and that Eric. Thank you for supporting the show. We appreciate it. All love to you. Love it. Uh, we definitely appreciate it as we're growing this bad boy. There was a question in here that's not who asked it. I forgot to start. It was, oh, that's a good question. Neo, Cheetah will be either McCullough or Canick. It was actually a Canick question, which I thought was quite interesting. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But I'll say this. Canick will – it was between Canick and Stutzman. It was about them switching spots. Oh, there it is. Still at it, this one. Did Canick and Stutz switch, or is that more of a fluid situation? I'm going to say it's fluid because we're going to get to linebackers right now. Your Mike linebacker, a.k.a. middle linebacker, it's going to be Stutzman. He's going to be your quarterback. He's going to be your leader of your defense. He's going to be the one guiding everybody around. Your will is Jaron Canick. Now, granted, like I said – it is a fluid situation. I can totally see them switching on most, depending on the play. But those are going to be the two on the field. And then you go from there, you'll look at – I'm thinking behind Stutzman is going to be, Kip, be Kobe McKenzie. And I think behind Canick will be either Kip Lewis or Shane Witter right now. That's going to be your, your two deep slash three when it comes to linebacker. And I think Connor near goes behind Kobe McKenzie at the Mike spot. And I think is with Connor. The biggest thing is learning the defense. It's going to take some time. He's got a lot of snaps and experience, but it still takes time to learn that coop. How you feel? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you're going to have the, the guys behind that, the starting two linebackers, it's going to be, you know, um, Stutzman at the, at the, at that middle linebacker spot in Canick. Um, I believe that there was some, you know, there's some toying around because again, 
there has to be a ton and a ton and a ton, a ton of accountability on that middle linebacker spot. Um, you, you've heard any, if you've listened to anybody talk about anything, Stutzman is the unabashed leader of that defense. Um, he is the vocal guy. He is the guy that everything's put on. And, uh, but imagine, imagine the world where we don't have Ryan Reynolds go out and, uh, you have, uh, Oh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Brandon Crow comes in you know, against Texas and you have, Oh my God, I just, it, it, it kills me. But, um, we've got the depth and I think Kip Lewis is, is a freaking missile. Um, he has proven that he can go sideline to sideline speaking of the missile, um, but you're going to have Kobe and Kit behind there. You're going to have Pachotti and you're going to have Lewis Carter and, or they're going to be chomping at the bit to, to get on the field. And I, I mentioned this in one of our previous spots, but it is the fourth quarter. You're Arkansas state, you're Cincinnati, you're Iowa state. And here comes Lewis Carter up on the field. And this dude plays like it, the kickoff happened to play before. Yeah. You can't take that out of some of these guys. It is an absolute freaking, I mean, I, I love seeing this linebacker room when when you're talking two deep and three deeps. Like, these are crazy because our third team in most football teams, your third team are not guys that are ever going to play on the field. We've got third team guys who deserve starts. <laughs> and yeah, that, we're trying to find a way to get them on the field. <laughs> and that's great. That's why you're going to see, you're going to see the oars. You're going to see, Major or Barnes with Sawchuck or or Walker, you're going to see Stutzman or Kobe McKenzie or Pilpachati. You know, it is an absolute, it's an absolute uh, candy store for Brent Venables at the linebacker spot right now. Exactly, and that's the thing to keep in mind is that we're going to see a lot of changes throughout the next few weeks because just as you said, Coop, you said it so eloquently. We've got so many players that we need to get on the field. Robert, you meant, I mean, it was a David that mentioned that we can't disregard these two, Lewis Carter and Phil Pachati. We've got to yeah. figure out a way to get them on the field. But the thing is, they're freshmen. So as much as we want to play them, it's a, we may as well preserve them the next year, get them, get them ready for the SC because we've got so much talent in front of them. Like Canick is still a monster. Stutzman is really, really good. Kobe McKenzie, I mean, beats. Kip Lewis is getting his weight up. He's going to be a monster. Shane Witter, this is last year. He continues to be something. And then, you know what I'm saying? So, and then Connor Near transferring in and just being that experienced linebacker, the list is long of what we're sitting with. So it's so tough to be able to say, oh, this person's going to, it's all about the snap counts. And that's the thing I'm going to keep emphasizing. Your pricey freshman, knock on wood, if it's some injuries, hopefully those that doesn't happen or situational stuff. But the bigger thing is, it's all about the snap counts. And I'm curious to see who takes over the most snap counts once we get past Arkansas State into SMU. We'll get a better gauge. But this game, man, it's going to be a lot of the younger players, uh, especially late. But corner-wise, go secondary. Now, I, I've i been on this, and I'm going to go all four of them and Coop pass it to you. I'm thinking Gentry Williams at corner with Woody Washington. They're going to be your bookends with Reggie Pearson and Billy Bowman. And I think that Peyton Bowen's going to be right behind Reggie, and he'll come in on different packages. Especially once we go nickel, you'll probably see more Bowen than you would see Kendall Doby. But I think also at your two corner spots is Kendall Doby and Josiah Wagner fighting for positioning with freshman Makari Vickers, Robert Spears Jennings, as well as Jaden Rowe trying to compete in that. But for the most part, Gentry Williams, Woody Washington, 
Reggie Pearson and Billy Bowman to start. Your two deep is Josiah Wagner, who's been a monster, and Kendall Doby with uh, Peyton uh, Bowen as well as, honestly, I think that Robert Spears Jennings gets the nod over Key Lawrence. What you think? I think Josiah Wagner starts game one, snap one at corner. Um, I really do. Um, Teddy, I think, has been talking about it a little bit. Um, but I think that Woody and Josiah Wagner start. I think that when you see um, when you see the uh, the first projection come out, it's going to say Gentry Williams or Josiah. And I think that we look at the this week in practice on who actually walks out there. And if Josiah continues, it, it's no knock on Gentry because we've done multiple videos talking about, hey, you know, buy all the Gentry Williams stock. Yeah, that is no that is no knock to Gentry. No knock to Gentry. It is it. Um, it, it it's Wagner. Um, I, and, you know, again, okay. uh, there's going to be three corners going on the field at, at times. Um, but, yeah, Wagner, Washington, Pearson, Bowman are, are your starting starting four. Okay. Billy Bowman. And and Monty, you're right. I've heard I, I've, I've heard the exact same. I heard he's him. I've yeah. heard there's a chance that he could fight for a starting spot. I honestly, but I do think just keeping that a buck, I do think that he rotates in a lot. I don't, I just yeah. don't see him starting yet. Week one, I don't, he's going to play late though. But like I said, I think he's going to rotate in. Our secondary is still quote unquote young. More so the young part about it is with Robert Spears Jennings and Jaden Rowe, they've been dealing with injuries. Um, yeah. The question is going to be what their health looks like. But Gentry's, I've heard he, I heard he's out there cooking too. I heard him and Josiah are him. They're both yeah. out there cooking. And Josiah is a hitter for his size. Like he's the shocker is that he's how hard he hits. Like it, the talk about him is, is legit. It's a stock you need to buy because he's going to be someone that's going to start two years, start for two seasons. Like this yeah. season, maybe not, but he'll start the next two seasons afterwards. You can't keep him off the field. I've even heard great things about Macari Vickers, but the problem with Macari is yeah. that he's stuck behind Woody Washington and Kendall Doby, who Kendall Doby I've heard, Heard him and Wagner are fighting for that other corner spot. That that was what Teddy and Gabe was saying. It was basically Gentry, Josiah Wagner, Kendall Dolby for the other side of Woody Washington. And the anticipation is is that and BB kind of said it like, don't be dead set that Woody's gonna start. And I'm just like, oh, so you're telling me all these other corners are just really that good? Like they're really yeah. fighting each other for these spots. And man. How long has it been since we were able to get excited about that, y'all? Like, uh, how long has it truly been? I mean, I'm thinking back to Derek Strait era. I'm gonna be, I'm keeping it in the book. I was, like, I, yeah. I, I was thinking uh, maybe Dom Franks and Aaron Colvin were probably the last time you know you were really, really excited about it because what we've seen it has been massive reject uh, regression on, um, uh, on you know defensive backs. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Sanchez. Uh, you go back to. Uh, Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Jordan Thomas, um, you know, all those guys, they, they came in, they took over, they played, and then they regressed. So it, it, you just, you just tell every single one of those guys, you're going to get time and you just get out there. And again, yeah, uh, Cowboys, I'm going to, I'm going to tail in on your never ending sunshine pumping. Um, but this is all on paper. This is all on paper and it needs to happen. And yep. we will probably you, what you want to see in these first five games is you handle your business appropriately. Yep. Um, I, 100%. you know, we, we are not going to be as good as it shows against Arkansas state. 
we're not going to be as good as it shows against Tulsa. You know, it, yep. it, we're, we're going to talk about look, those games in a minute. We're going to look insane. But yeah, uh, Dolby, uh, Gentry, Dolby, Wagner, Washington, those are your first four at corner. Um, Pearson, Key Lawrence, Bowen, Robert Spears, Jennings, um, and Peyton, Bowen and Bowman, you know, good luck announcers if, uh, if, if that safety do is out there because it, it's good. And then I, I want to go back on the chat. Somebody, I believe, uh, said something about special teams. We're not going to cover punters and kickers. It, it needs to be good, <laughs> whatever. But you think of think the missiles, <laughs> the missiles that you have on freaking special teams guys aren't going to want to return kicks because you've got guys like Taylor Heim. You've got guys like Lewis Carter and Omicio and you got all these guys. Young players are going to be out there playing. You're going to, you're going to see some kids out there coming down on special teams and just absolutely thumping guys. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if we've got an Austin Seibert who's going to be kicking it, you know, 16 rows into the uh, stands. So there's going to be an opportunity. Expect some fair catches after a couple guys get lit up. And, you know, Kanai Walker, I heard that he'll get some rotation in. But I heard Josiah Wagner has basically moved ahead of just about everybody. That's kind of how that, – that's that competitive depth that we have, y'all. We have that type of it. And, yep, Pearson said it on here. He said he's that dude. That's the dude that he's just, just enamored with. He loves him. He loves him. So be prepared to see a lot of that. I do expect some Kanai. At some point, and you are right, Monty. Yes, the packages yeah. are going to be so much fun to watch. That's what I want to see is what the package is and how we actually put it together. Because, yes, this is on paper. It looks great. What does it look like when we actually get on the field? Like, what is it actually like when we actually participate? So, that's the defense for me. Um, let us know what you think. Anybody else you want to, you think is going to be able to play? I mean, Dave McCullough, I would love to see him, but I don't, I think he falls in the depth chart just because he's young. No, and. Too much. We we see him we see him more so learning the positions and then we'll play him next season. I don't see much Dave McCullough at all. Uh, Jaden Rowans, he's healthy. I do see expect him to get out there. He's a huge corner. You want big corners sometimes. I think I've heard that he's doing well in rotations. He had a shoulder situation last year, so the question is is what does he look like coming into the season? And so. If you're here, hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. We got 79 likes on over 200 and something viewers. So we've had a lot of people in here and we ain't got a lot of likes. So make sure y'all hit that button for your boy. We're going to jump onto the schedule because I think the schedule is going to tell us everything we need to know about what this season's going to look like. So, Coop, you ready for this? Let me pull this schedule Let's up roll. for everybody. Dun, 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 dun. All right. This season's schedule. Now, I need y'all to understand this. We'll start off with the most important part about this schedule is that we, as the Sooners, are favored in every single game this season except for Texas. Texas right now, Vegas has us at six and a half point dogs right now. So the anticipation is that we should win every game but Texas. That is what we are told. And I'm going to give you my high number and my low number. Coop's going to do the exact same, and then we'll talk about each game as to why we have our high and low. My high, 12-0. and 0. My low, 10-2. and 2. Our floor is 10-2. and 2. 
there's no excuse not to go ten and, go at least ten and two. No excuse. We've got it. Unless we get like thirty people injured in some random game, we have no excuse not to go ten and two. Coop, what's your high and low? We can go through each game. Compliment complimentary football. If complimentary football and pro- progress gets made, I mean the the ceiling is 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 twelve and zero. Uh, I mean it's just it just is. Without last year, we look at this schedule and go twelve and zero. Like where's the loss, right? Um, I, I think that the 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 seller is is nine and three. Um, the seller okay. happens if some of the issues don't get fixed from last year. I think that if uh, Texas catches a roll and they get us early, and then there's a surprise because you know in Oklahoma football there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this with this schedule, there's not a team on there that scares you. Texas is expected to be good, but they are not a team that scares you and. They're going to be confident as hell, regardless of what happens in Tuscaloosa. Um, it is 100, 110%. They're going to come in. They're going to be a little cocky. They're going to, you know, we're going to hear 49 and nothing all week long, probably two weeks early. Um, and I long. promise you, there's in the offseason, there have been kettlebell runs with, uh, with uh, where they're doing 49 reps to remind them of last year. Um, but guys, the, if you're scared to, to, to really chase, uh, chase the, the belief that we could go 12 and 0, it's because last year and, uh, you know, whatever you say about a couple plays go different here or there, you know, I, I, I had an argument with somebody the other day that if we went nine and three last year, um, how confident would we be this year? Guys, I, I still think if we went nine and three last year, we would still be talking about this season as an absolute travesty from 2022. 2023 is a different team, and here we go. <laughs> it is going to be good. It's going to be exciting. There's nobody on the. I mean, you, you look at the nobody until Texas even bothers me. I'm not scared of Cincinnati. Um, they mm-hmm. were absolutely gutted. The coach left. We'll go through each game. Traffic. Don't worry about that. But yeah. yeah, we'll go through each game. Okay, let me explain that. But so, yeah. yeah. 12 and 0 is the ceiling. Uh, I think nine and three is, is probably the doomsday worst case scenario. Okay. Doomsday worst case scenario. My doomsday worst case scenario is still 10 and two. We, we need to be winning, winning that many games. So start Arkansas state 35 point favorite in that game. We should, we, that is your traditional walkout, warm up, figure out what we are and make the magic happen. We should end up like USC giving up a hunt to almost 200 yards, uh, rushing, and seven point like two yards per carry to one running back. We shouldn't be concerned about that. That should be a just shellacking of Arkansas State. Am I wrong? No. All right, we're gonna move on to that one real you quick Jackson before Arnold that. In the second quarter, I I, I see Jackson Arnold second half, or maybe General Booty. <laughs> but Sean, you asked this question: Why everybody's writing Oklahoma off after one season? Because that's just what everybody does. You see one one little 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 chink in the armor, and you think that oh, that's the perfect opportunity to go after said team. And it's like it's, are, oh yeah, they're, they're terrible. It's like that's, people are not, writing, that's far from writing Alabama. People are writing Alabama off this season. People are writing Alabama off. People are actually writing Alabama. So don't off. don't be surprised. So, yeah. So, shellacking of Arkansas State. We got SMU. Now, SMU is going to be intriguing. 
that's going to be intriguing. The SMU game is going to be intriguing only because they brought in what almost 20 something transfers. They were up there with the Colorados and the Texas states of the world and the Ole Misses with a whole bunch of transfers. So they're going to look like an entire new team entirely. Um, and the question is, how does that work on the field? New coach? I don't, I don't know, but I know that SMU is starting to invest more. Their their boosters and everybody's trying to invest more into the school. They're doing more things, so they're one that could be a little bit more of a challenge than expected. But I do anticipate us winning that game. I think we'll be like a twenty something point favorite in that game. SMU, we win. Cool. They, their defense is garbage, and it doesn't matter what transfers you brought in. Um, they they can put it up on offense, but d- yeah, I, I'm with you. SMU is in SMU's head; they're playing to to join one of these conferences. Yes, and they they want to come out and they want to prove it. Now, that being said, the first time that they played anybody with a pulse was Maryland, and they lost last year. Uh, they gave up 34 points. Uh, you know, let's see here; they gave up. Uh, 34, 42, 41, 34, 29, 34, 63, 23, 59. Guys, if our offense is what we're saying that it looks like it could be, it it is going to be fun. It's going to be at home, and it's going to be hot as the devil's crack. It is going to be hot. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff for that game, and it's going to not be fun. Yeah, it's going to be gross. It's going to be one of those gross games that nobody's going to enjoy. But, you know, it is what it is. Honestly, going to the next week, Tulsa is going to be just as gross. I think we beat Tulsa, too. Uh, that one should be an yeah. easy one. Kevin Wilson's coming in first year trying to figure things out. Tulsa does traditionally recruit well uh, enough for, you know, a team like Tulsa. And they come out and have some good years. I mean, he had, what is it, Zach Collins? That was the the defensive player. Wasn't he the, uh, the Butnerk Award? Winner, Benaric. 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 yeah, I think he was a Benaric Award winner a couple years ago. So they, yeah. they, they produce players. They they can produce them. I don't think it'd be a problem for us though. The only problem for us is going to be it's going to be a two thirty kickoff. Jesus, <laughs> well, be early kickoff. Jay, I'll say this: they go to Washington the week before, and they play at Washington, and it's a four p.m. Central game. They're going to be guys. There's a chance that Tulsa is busted up pretty well coming back to play us. I would. You know, we saw Kent State play us and then go down and play Georgia, the, the, you know, the hurt. following week. It, it's, it, I expect Tulsa to be just trying to get through that game as fast as possible. Yep. I think Tulsa's just trying to survive. Cincinnati, we'll go up there. They have the probably the best defensive line in the Big 12. But they have no one else on that team. I have zero faith in Emory Jones. That'll be the game where we'll be able to test our def- our offensive line and see if we still if we're, we're building a Joe Moore award winning line. I anticipate that one to be, of course, a win. We'll we'll go up there and win that game. I have no fear in that one. Um, and we'll go to Iowa State as well. Iowa State, they're going to come to town and we're going to blow the doors out on them because I don't yeah. even know if they have a roster fully. Coop, Cincinnati, Iowa State. How you feeling those two? You go to Cincinnati, and this is your this is your first actual road game. Uh, young players, you go up there, and again, I think somebody saw it. I want to see Jackson Arnold early against Cincinnati and get maybe the whole second half. You go through, you take business because uh, you, you go up there and you, you mean business because Cincinnati and Iowa State are just two weeks before uh, before Texas. 
And so, um, and I'll say this with the Tulsa game, if they were playing, you know, Troy or something like that, you know, the week before I wouldn't be as just, you know, let's roll, we're going to roll right over it because they, I mean, they brought Kevin Wilson, got that quarterback to stick around in Tulsa. So they're going to have some experience on the offensive side. I just don't see you going to Washington and then coming back and playing Oklahoma at home because that game is, you're going to have more OU fans than Tulsa fans in the, in the stadium. And that, that's, that does affect them mentally. I've talked to ex Tulsa players in the past uh, you know, when they played Oklahoma and it was an absolute, uh, it, it's, it messes with your brain. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, if, if you're not five and oh heading into Texas and five and oh, with at least four massively convincing wins, if not all five of them decently convincing, I, I mean, it, there, there's something wrong. No, no, you're, you're, you're percent right. So we go on from there right into the big boy, um, Texas. So, of course, Texas. We've got our we got our resident Texas fan in here, <laughs> and 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 frightening always comes through. With he talks a lot of Oklahoma football. He he is a diehard Sooner fan at heart. He just pretends like he likes Texas just for his uh, family to not take him out. But. <laughs> But no, no, no kidding, kidding, kidding. But I do say this. I think this one's going to be a good game. At our height, we win this game if we're prepared. I am still not sold on Quinn. I've seen what his product looked like at the end of the season. I've also seen what Sark's product looks like whenever he's doing his adjustments. We go in with quarterbacks and health players. I think we have a really good chance of pulling the upset that no one expects. But on a realistic standpoint, I think Texas just has just enough juice to win this game. Just enough juice. Just this year. That's going to be the last time. We coming for y'all. Coop, what you think? We'll see. We'll see what happens at Alabama. And I don't mean about the the turnout of the game because I don't think that the Alabama game, I think if they beat Alabama, it, it is more likely that we beat them in the Cotton Bowl. I think if they lose to Alabama, if they do it the right way, it's a tougher game in Dallas. If they do it the Texas way, then you start to see some 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 ish hit the fan. What I mean by that is you've got. I mean, we talked when Ty was bring, talking about Alabama, they are going to go back to that Nick Saban run, 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 run and run, then run. on and play defense and they are going to uh, Texas has uh, got some upgrades on defense, but that's still it. Um, that's still, that's still where it's at. And if your quarterback isn't getting your guys, the ball, it, we saw that last year with Oklahoma when Dylan Gabriel struggled to throw the ball to the open receiver or see the open receiver, it got frustrating for, for, for the people on the sideline. It got frustrating for the fans. Right. Now, if Texas starts pulling this stuff and Quinn Ewers starts airmailing folks, you're going to start hearing chants early. You're going to see Twitter blow up early, and that's going to happen in Alabama. So Oklahoma comes in. This game is not one that you can look at the, the entire season. You can't look at what happened last year. You can't look at it in that. This game always is odd. And so uh, this is on the OU offensive line, and it's on the OU defensive line. If those lines progress and do what we expect them to do, 
I think that we can take out Texas. I just, I just don't see it, but I do think that if we lose to Texas, it is their one chance. I mean, we have a chance to play them in the big 12 championship game, but we've talked about it a little bit in the past. Uh, you know, Texas is going to have some issues down the road too. Okay. They may Moving not make on. it. Moving on. We got two games in a row. UCF, we got a bye week. Then UCF comes to the crib. Then we travel to Kansas and play up there in Lawrence. I think that we pull off the UCF win. I don't really feel like that's a concern to me. I think Kansas is going to be a challenge just because of how good Jalen Daniels is. I think Jalen Daniels is, is probably the best quarterback in the Big 12. He is good. He also ain't healthy very often. So no. the question is going to be what, what does he look like when we get that far into the season? That's two, yeah. four, six. That's eight games in, probably nine for him. How healthy does Jalen look when we get there? I do not see um I don't I don't see him being prepared. We win that game out there. UCF Kansas, what you think? Um listen, Reese Plumley, this guy can't throw the ball. Um he's coming to OU. This is the, the I, I'm going to have to look at their schedule because I don't know what they play prior to coming to Oklahoma as far as the big guys. Uh, they go at Kansas State week four. They got Baylor at home at Kansas at Oklahoma. So maybe we learn about our Kansas matchup the week before. Um, Two weeks before, it, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, it, it's you just don't have – they just don't have the athletes yet. Uh, I think that they will get there, and I think that now that they're in a power conference, there's going to be an opportunity. But I think that you you throw up 50 in consecutive weeks in both of these games. UCF, uh, I mean, they lost four or five in the conference they were in last year. I don't see them coming into the Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is going to – they're going to be a buzzsaw this year. And, um, you know, if it was at South Florida uh, or Central Florida, North Florida, whatever the hell it is, um, you know, whatever. But them coming in a home, especially right after the Texas game, I'm pretty sure that, like, after the Texas game, the record OU has is just insane. Um, so uh, I think that that's two wins. Again, yeah, Jalen Daniels, eight weeks into the season, that defense has already, you know, probably had the opportunity to give up some points. And so if it's a shootout, you know, so be it. But, uh, you know, uh, he just has to stay healthy. And doing it for eight games is, is a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Moving to the next set of games. We got Bedlam, the last one for a while. And then we have West Virginia coming into town. I'm not concerned about Oklahoma State whatsoever. I don't think anything about them puts fear into my heart. Even traveling to Stillwater, I say that we win that game. I say West Virginia coming to town. Green is – I like green at quarterback, but – I do think that West Virginia is one of the bottom halves of the Big 12, and I think that we should be able to destroy them at home and get revenge from last year. So I'm calling those two as wins. Cool. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, I mean, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got none. And it's not like they're trying to decide between, you know, a top 10 quarterback and Dylan Gabriel and then a perennial, you know, or like a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of a guy coming in through with Jackson Arnold uh, with some of the early notes. I just, if Rangel comes in and plays, it's, it means that the offensive line has just had terror. 
Uh, I'm not scared of the defense guys, Oklahoma state being synonymous with defense. It took a bunch of super seniors in someone's system for several years in that Knowles system. And we still, even that last game that we, I mean, th- that year, um, the, the, the year before uh, Riley left in the year, the last game of the season, Oklahoma state's defense didn't stop anybody. And it's worse now. Um, yeah. It's I just, I don't see it. West Virginia, again, it, it's going to be the bottom of the half. The, and we've got a little bit of revenge. That's one of the teams we lost to that we get revenge opportunity. Um, you know, you don't get tech, you don't get K state, but you do get an opportunity to get a shot at West Virginia. Yep. Last two games. And this is where it gets tough. I think, the BYU game, if there's a game that concerned me was that when I talked about this numerous times. I don't think BYU is very good. Um, they've got a lot of holes that they've got to fix. Uh, I mean, they struggled against Baylor last year. Let's put it to you like this. The altitude and TCU the next week concerns me about that game. That is the only reason why it's going to be cold. It's going to be high altitude and – this is the perfect trap game in looking past in preparation for the TCU game. Now, this is the question, though. How good will TCU actually be this year? Now, our our buddy Frightening here, the our resident Texas fan, has already told me this is who he's got. He thinks that he he's, he's a Texas fan, so, of course, he's going to pick his Longhorns, which I respect. You better pick your team. Um, and he thinks TCU. I don't think TCU is going to be that good at all. So the nine and three selection, nah, 10 to two at, at worst. And I think they're really going to be, I don't, I don't think TCU is going to be that good. Now they're bringing in a lot of transfers here, but they don't have a lot of the super seniors they had last time. So they didn't have a whole bunch of players that stuck around. They've, they've, they've seen some, they've seen some turnover. Uh, turnover. Oklahoma state. I'm not concerned about cause they had a lot of turnover, a lot of turnover. UCF rise Plumley. I'm not even afraid of him. SMU, too much turnover for the first year in preparation and figuring it out. So overall, only team that I'm concerned about is the one that Vegas thinks that we're a dog in is Texas. But I also have some concerns around BYU because it's a perfect trap game, but that depends on – it's very uh, dependent on what TCU looks like this season. If TCU's not ranked when we go into that game, both of them should be chill. What do you think, Coop? Yeah, you know, BYU doesn't ever – I mean, what was it here? In in October, they lost four straight to Notre Dame, uh, Arkansas, Liberty, and East Carolina last year. Um, you know, it's they don't have an extremely potent offense, uh, but that environment is something – it's something new, right? Um, OU does do well on the road. There was a time – you know, do you remember a time to where we were saying that like, oh, you've got to solve their road woes? I mean, that's been years ago, but um, it, it, but OU does well on the road. And when they go to these big deals, Venables is going to find a way to stack everything against us mentally and go out there. Um, at this point in the season, you know who you are. And so when I talk about TCU with all their transfers and everything, we will know who they are in that game. There won't be surprises. And, you know, right now they're ranked number 17th. We'll see. You got to understand TCU last year had a lot go right for them. A lot of balls bounced the right way. A lot of things had to go absolutely right. The only team in the Big 12 that I can see 
you know, doing this, you know, multiple fifth year seniors, uh, you know, guys making their one last splash would be tech and they're not on the schedule at this point. And right. so, um, so yeah, TCU has a lot of transfers. If they are, um, if they are good again, now I don't expect them to be, you know, five and five going in that game, but I don't expect them to be, you know, one loss or two loss. Um, but that is a revenge game. It's going to be on black Friday. As of right now, I still think that that has the opportunity to get changed. Um, but yeah, we, we've got the, you know, last year, I think Iowa state was due to play on a Friday and then it got switched to a Saturday. That'll be up yep. to the networks. And so, um, it Fox has already picked up this game. And so, um, I, I you got to think that there's, there's an opportunity for them to, um, uh, you know, to maybe flex that out to a Saturday. I'd, I'd rather not, not deal with that, uh, Friday game, but you know what? It is what it is. So yeah, I, I, I get the opportunity to, um, to, to watch this team, you know, that those two last games, you know, this is, you're getting ready for the big 12 championship and you're probably playing for a berth in it. Um, you know, regardless of what's going on before in the earlier in the year. So, um, BYU is, is a concern. You got to have a right mindset with there and then you have to go and you have to protect your players when you're playing TCU as always. I agree. I agree. So it, and I'm still on the, what does TCU look like? And honestly, I think that that's actually what's going to make it dependent on when it comes to the flexing of the schedule. I mean, is TCU going to be any good? Do they, do they come out? Do they fall flat after that uh, great Cinderella season or do they keep the same team going? That's going to be the question. Okay. That's the schedule. Only two games. Like I said, if, if there's losses, I'm going BYU in Texas. And, and Robert, you're hundred percent right. I am hardcore uh, on the uh, altitude and the uh, competitive depth should be no, no problem. But at the same time, I still have my fears and concerns just because, you yeah. know, we don't know what's going to look like yeah. at that point of the season, but I think healthy and consistent, there's no excuse to not going 10 and two minimum or Honestly, I mean, going 11 and one, I can see us 11 and one, but I do anticipate us seeing Texas in the big 12 championship. As long as Texas does their part of it. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we've seen everybody give Texas the, they're going to win the big 12 and we always know how that turns out. So they play kind of like us better as dogs as, or being, you know, overlooked right now. Everybody's looking at them hardcore. Like they're starting to look at us. Vegas get both of us a nine and a half point over under for wins this year. It's a hundred percent a trap. So yeah, I'm anticipating that we're gonna, you know, both do well on that one. Cool. We're gonna wrap this bad boy up, put a bow in it. We got a question from our one of our newest members, Eric. He's riding high on last week's commits. Awesome. Bricks on our O line. I'm gonna tell you this, man. So the thing about bricks that I've learned in just reading about him and all the articles that's gone out is this. Bricks is one of those dudes, man, that uh, he commits. He's just going to drop a graphic and walk on. He won't mm -hmm. say nothing. You won't hear no conversation. He just does it. And that's it. And so, unfortunately, I heard that he wanted to get it done before the season started. His first game was Friday, and obviously it didn't happen. So now we're just waiting for him to say he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, there there was, uh, I believe his captain said that, you know, don't be surprised if this just drops this week. Uh, you know, he said, you know, starting on Friday. Um, expect, I mean, expect this from Bricks. Okay. Bricks is 100% a small town guy. 
And even a place with Norman, which is right off the side of Oklahoma City, is humongous to him. And, you know, that hour and a half drive over to Nebraska is a big deal, big deal for him. I think that if he pulls the trigger sooner than later, it, it is it is better for us. Um, you could see, I would say, just be on commit watch this week for Bricks. That's what I anticipate too. Either this week or next, I I I anticipate him getting it done before October. Let's just put it that way. Or he may make it go all the way to the end, but I don't think it goes that far. Last one we've got here, Neo. Saw your question here. The football team hung around the softball squad to get that that championship mindset. I'm hoping so. Hope it rubs off and we do some good stuff or whatnot. And, yeah, you're right, Friday. We we both need to not keep our foot off the gas. Remember, all gas, no brakes, right? Ain't that, ain't, that, ain't that the Sark motto? If that's the Sark motto, we need to make sure that we do no all gas, no brakes on y'all side as well as us. I need, the, I need not only our game to be uh, college game day, I need the Big 12 championship game to be the most anticipated game of the weekend, period. Yeah. It's got to be the two highest-ranked teams playing against each other because that does nothing but make Oklahoma look good when we win both times. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this bad boy up, put a bow on it. Thank y'all for pulling up. Thank y'all for joining us. Coop, as usual, man, we appreciate you uh, coming in here and making the magic happen. We'll have a big show, probably bring the whole cavalry together before the game later this week. I'm not sure when. We'll, you'll see it posted in the community post in uh, YouTube as well as on on uh, Twitter or X or whatever it's called nowadays. You'll see it at both at one of those locations. So outside of that, thank y'all for hanging out with us tonight. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gift it. And with that, we will chop it up with y'all in I don't know next couple of days. Peace. Peace. Thank you.